0: We've got a code! Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the Volley Pod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Volley
0: Pod. How are you today, Todd? davis i'm getting uh getting back into it after my little japanese volleyball vacation
1: i know i'm so jealous man that's so awesome getting back from japan i've always wanted to go but you had the opportunity to go with coast and we're going to talk about it today cool well
0: you got to give me a little update because when i was gone you guys played another qualifier
1: we played another qualifier and i know you did well again (laughs) we did well again but we did not get our bid we're so close this time and we got third we got a medal so that was great but we needed to get second to qualify in the liberty division which was what we're competing in and the team that beat us we had beat in a prior round in the crossover on day two so it was just a heartbreak but it was probably the best volleyball consistently that we've played okay
0: well hey you're getting better and it's hard to uh you know balance that out with winning and losing but the fact that uh you're getting
1: better is big it is and we are getting better the girls are all connected and you know it's uh, it's a wonderful team to be a part of and we just had nothing but good times out there and it's the closest we've ever been we just walked out our hotel and and walked right into the convention center it was <laughs> amazingly close so that was really cool all
0: right well that's convenient uh or competing for salt lake city that.
1: beautiful too so yeah so anyways good stuff so Let's get into it. Let's hear about uh, Japan. All right. Well, that's our yeah.
0: coaching. Coaching skill is what Japanese volleyball taught me and okay. what we're taking into the gym after uh, observing uh,
1: really good you know, Japanese 10 days
0: of, of great Japanese volleyball. We had four different uh, teams we played okay. out there. And so one was a university team. And okay. the other three were, were high school teams, but they were some of the best high school teams uh, in Tokyo. So two okay. of them were in Tokyo. I think one was in uh, Osaka, maybe. But uh, it was fun. I mean, we def—I definitely got up, you know, I was watching this and taking video, taking notes and talking to Lewis and Jimmy and all the coaches. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. What a great we, experience. we had the kids side by side. And, you know, we right. have, you know, six, three kids, uh, you know, going to big division one schools. Yep. And they top out at five nine right five eight
1: (laughs) five seven but they're so good right they're so good yeah and 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 the team went out there both of our top so it was with coast right? right and both of our top teams our 17 ones and our 18 ones went out there and our 18 ones are one of the top two or three teams in the country this year yep and uh you're saying that you lost some games to some teams that were only five nine Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And so nice. that's what it's all about. Like yeah. what are they doing? And okay. so
0: let's uh let's get started. Cool. So the first thing uh they start warming up. Okay. And we're watching their arms. And they were playing some one what what I call one-way pepper. Okay. So just hit dig, right? Yes, okay. Uh and the the diggers interestingly enough had their feet planted on the ground. So their diggers didn't move their feet okay so no pre-hop okay no anything so they're just working on kind of angling platform back to the attackers okay and you know if my team tried this there's no way they would have been able to keep their feet there but their ball control their arm swing control was so good that they're able to keep these rallies going hit dig and they're not digging the ball super high so it's they're pretty they're you know maybe 15 feet apart you know 12 to 15 feet apart but the first five minutes I'm going, Ooh, this is a different level of ball control <laughs> that we're dealing with here. Right. And the, I, 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 have a new name for their arm swing. I call it the mouse trap. Okay. What's that? So, you know, how you bend back the, the kind of lever yes. on the mousetrap, their arm goes all the way back, straight back and touches oh. kind of the, the mid, the middle part of their back. Interesting. Okay. So their arm goes back to prepare, but then when they go to swing, it their elbow is like pointed, like almost backwards. It goes back so wow. far. Okay. That's and so cool. they kind of they they pull the mousetrap back and then let it go, it's and it just forward. yeah, just it. <laughs> they get this. I mean, but it's it's so relaxed, loosed, and fast. And when we had our kids, and we're looking at our kids, our kids are super deliberate and kind of slow and mechanical. Okay. Um, in comparison, so they're doing a better job teaching arm swing. So I think even if it doesn't, ch- I mean, I think our kids are, aren't relaxed enough. And I right. think that's okay. the, that's the big takeaway from me. Okay. I know Lewis is back in there in his private lessons playing around with yes. it already, oh, teaching yeah. some of the arm swings. Oh, yeah. So I, we got to talk to him. Uh number next thing was approach technique and they were super clean with their arms. Okay. So all of our kids, well, not all of them, but a lot of them have this kind of big prep, this presentation yes. prep. When they start their approach, their arms fly upwards, yes. right, kind of up, they swing them forward. Right. And their arms are just super calm. They don't go up. They're just kind of running and their arms are at their sides, and they throw them back for their approach. So, um, their approaches were a little shorter than ours. Okay. A little shorter okay but still explosive
1: okay nice. so
0: you know i'm always saying oh get big approach so you can be more explosive and they were able to take small approaches and, and do a bunch of stuff kind of parallel to the net uh, yeah. Uh, yes. going diagonally mm-hmm. to hit balls and um talk about that a little bit later but uh still a little bit different than us okay Number three, when they play Pepper, I talked about it a little bit in the beginning, uh, they hit hard at each other. Okay. So the warm-up, we talked about that one-way Pepper, but when they, when they hit at each other and they're playing Pepper, they, they hit hard. Right. With control. Right. And so it's like every kid has a coach's arm. That's so cool. And their kids were running that's like three out defense and just ripping were, balls.
1: Yes, that's awesome. With heat. Yes. And they weren't
0: afraid and they weren't apologizing when a kid right. didn't dig it. And if a kid doesn't dig it, they got to dig it again. Right. Okay. So they got to hit another ball. So, uh, they, they, they're challenging each other way more with hitting and digging okay. than we are. And that's something that I think we can do. Yeah. Good point. Uh, the university team killed us. Okay. They were the best team. Okay. Uh, I mean, they were older, they are probably in their early twenties, most of them. So, uh, but, they could lift tip with precision and they lift tip along the net. There was probably no lift tip that went more than six inches over the block. Wow. I mean, every lift tip like landed within seven feet of the net and was low to the net. And if they got blocked, they covered them because they were lift tips. Right. And, uh, my new thing I was talking to cages today about it is I think I want to teach this with using, two uh
1: pieces of elastic oh i think i know where you're going with this but don't tell, tell them why so if we have
0: a piece of elastic it is kind of the block level right yes so maybe eight inches over than that depending on what kind of teams you play right and then we have another one that is just you know a foot and a half on top of that the ball has to go in between there because i'm looking at our lift tips and if they're high, they're playing back at like 20 to 25. They run them down if they're high, right. But you could score
1: against them with a good lift tip because they love playing deep, right? They okay. Challenge you to hit it perfectly. Okay. I like that. That's very cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, not too high, not too low That Goldilocks. And, yep. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. I love that.
0: Yep. Uh, along with that lift tips is when they push balls off the block they just push it softly off the block. Interesting. They're not going into these big, never any big jam moves. Okay. They would get set, you know, one to two feet off the net, be right in the zone. They'd jump up to hit, they would see a big block up there and they just push it against the outside hand.
1: That's awesome.
0: With, without worry, And then just cover. Right. And they covered a bunch of balls, but just a bunch of them weren't, Uh, there weren't these dramatic push moves. They were just lightly pushed when they ran fast. You'll love this. They ran gap go. Okay. So for everyone, so they ran a super fast three. Okay. So in the gap, so that hitter is leaving the ground on her toes when the balls in the setter's hands. Okay. And they set it super low to the net and that hitter does one of two things. She, if the, if the blocker goes up late, she just pushes it against their hands. To toward the sideline because the ball is already moving fast, the sideline, so it's right. super easy to just push against
1: their hands. Right.
0: And if the blocker doesn't get up, they just push it down the middle of court.
1: Oh, wow, nice! And interesting. then, interesting tactic yeah.
0: behind that, okay, they line up their outside to set a fast go inside out or a two in the middle. Oh, I do <laughs> like that. You, you know,
1: I like that. That's awesome.
0: Yes. and so they would get you know the the idea that we're always trying to get one on one
1: they're getting get one on zero they're trying to get zero they're out. hitting
0: their outside hitter is hitting with no block
1: that's awesome because
0: if your right side is bunched and they're gonna front that fast three then they set the fast go on top of it right. and she's going inside out and just buries the line that's so cool I love that that's awesome <laughs> and then if you go okay wait a minute we're gonna push our right side out to the pin to wait for and we're gonna front that that Even, three with the yeah. middle then they Even come inside, inside and set the two. Oh, I like that that's cool I <laughs> and really we like never that. really moved out you know we just kind of worked on it and tried to you know hang out with the three and then shuffle out and we weren't very successful Wow. I think we would have been better if we would have played him again. Right. It was so novel. But anyway, uh, just pushing the ball off the block. I love it. That's neat. Uh, they're front row players, including middles. They were kind of positionless. Really. Okay. Every, every, I guess that would probably be the bigger thing here. They were positionless. So every kid, and once again, they weren't wearing jerseys. So we didn't know numbers. Okay. So, you know, right. they all have the same haircut. Right. They all have the same t-shirt right. and everybody could set you hit a short free ball to the two, three seam. And it looks like you hit it to libero Their oh. right front handles it like a libero <laughs> and their middle handles it like a libero. I That's mean, cool. they just look super calm. So that was one thing is they had this generic training that is much better than ours on all kind of routine stuff. Uh, next, uh, their server C was a little different is a lot of them when we talk about, you know, they would grip early. Right. And they, but they would move with their arms gripped, but kind of with their elbows bent. And then they, they'd kind of a, they'd have this touch when they played the ball, um, with their arms, sometimes falling backwards if the ball was coming super fast to keep it on our side, uh, but there was way more, I think footwork and way
1: less arm work outside of their core. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So. Um when you say that they have this touch on the ball, can you, cause I'm always interested in touch, right? Cause everyone kind of has their angles, but what do you mean by they had some touch on the ball? It just seemed that
0: they never got, if balls were coming super fast, they didn't, their arms were never swinging. You know what I mean? Like our yes. arms, like a ball comes, like it's coming at a kid that goes a little bit higher and our kids like swing their arms out. Their arms were never swung out like that. They were just like placing their their platform would kind of be out. They just kind of place it behind the ball, maybe fall backwards, Uh, but a bunch of footwork. I mean, they weren't necessarily their butt behind the ball the time, but it looked like they're, you know, they were you know thigh to thigh behind the ball a lot. Okay, you know what I mean. So it was maybe wasn't midline but it was between their thighs right okay. between their knees yeah. so they weren't reaching out a lot okay
1: that's really interesting now real quick did they did they have any uh elbow bend
0: they had it when they started so they start with an elbow bend but then they would kind of straighten yeah. it out and and it was it was stuff that i wouldn't teach right it's slightly different teaching methodology yeah, yeah. Yep. and not all of them did it okay uh but all of them seemed to have better footwork okay than us as far as their their movement stuff looked a little better that's cool very cool so um, the probably the the one thing that when you watched the matches that was most uh, uh, dramatic was their out of system setting okay. and their all their players could handset so if balls were passed in the middle of the court kids were stepping with their hands and setting like a hut Tempo set. That's cool. Not super fast, but not yeah. super. They weren't jacking high balls. High balls. Right. They were okay. just setting so it was super easy to hit. It was just dropping in the zone. That's and cool. they were getting good swings. And when they bump set, they had that deep knee bend.
1: Oh yes, and i that. See, that yep. big
0: that that big deep knee bend, then lifting with that tabletop, and they were accurate. I mean, like fifty feet. They're getting swings on the so net. Cool. And like we're thinking, like when somebody makes a long set like that. You know we're like oh that was so good right. and they did it routinely wow. <laughs> it wasn't like surprising it was surprising when they didn't
1: get one they put their time in on. i remember
0: stuff. one outside the antenna
1: wow and they had a ton that's so crazy that's awesome so that's awesome uh,
0: next one every player defended like a mad woman and never seemed faced by heat that's something that i think we uh we expect kind of in japanese volleyball historically that wasn't surprising Uh, and then the culture, the defensive training was challenging. I think that's something for me that I can bring into my gym the next time I go in. And that is, are we challenging our kids defensively every practice? And some of it was kind of low hanging fruit where we had this one coach was super dynamic guy. He had this lefty arm that was like, not really above, never went above his head, but just brought big heat and controlled and kids are flying around and he's dripping sweat and and some of that is I'm thinking well the coach is working harder than the players so some of that I wonder about but I think there's a place for it oh yeah and I think we we don't challenge like like our players at our club were like They had so much fun just being challenged. And this guy had this big smile and he hit a ball that you couldn't dig and he'd laugh and then he hit another (laughs) one at you. You know, there was a language barrier obviously, but his body language and everything was like, Hey, we're getting better. And I'm going to challenge you to get this. And if you don't get it, I'm going to hit it to you till you get it. So you always finished by getting
1: one. That's cool. That's really cool.
0: And then I, number 10 Davis lack of height's no excuse. Oh man. I think we all say oh that team they're so much bigger than us they're more oh we we hung with them but they were just too physical to net Such a and good point. the japanese teams are like hey you be
1: physical than that we're still gonna kick your butt oh yeah and this you can see this in the men's game too the men are dramatically outsized every match they play yep. and they're so skilled and some of the stuff it's so interesting to see you you know bring up these things because some of this stuff is very much true for the men yep. too the the recycling the wipe off the block like they're just masterful and of course the defense right like it used to be the thought men can't dig right it's just so hard hit and they're proving that is not the case at all so man what a great experience i have to ask this one on the putt did you have some great food
0: ah the sushi (laughs) was awesome uh the ramen was awesome. Yes. And they have these little tiny restaurants. Okay. You go, know, they have these like, you know, eight seats. Oh, and you get this ramen. It was just family. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, it,
1: was, it was awesome. What oh, yeah. an experience. Man. Cool. One day, one day I got to get out there. Yeah, you got to gotta gotta go, Davis. You got to go. You'll love it. Yes, for sure. So, All right. What's awesome. on our scenario? Okay. So the scenario is a scenario that I've had some success with, but most recently I have not had success with. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I wanted to refresh my mind with some of these ideas and get some ideas from you, Todd, and from anyone else who's listening. Winning late in game three is the topic, the yep. scenario. And I have four premises that I'll talk about that I think if you do these, you're going to have your best chance to win late in game three. Uh, the first is stay aggressive. The tendency is to hyperfixate on errors, yep. right? um when if you score points errors don't nearly impact the outcome as much yep so i think everyone focuses on well we can't give this game away i'm going to be safe and right. that is a recipe for losing late in the game you might get a few points that way because maybe they're a little bit nervous because the game's late but we expect the better team over time to win these games and you have to keep pressure on them
0: you know Um, the word that I'll throw something in there that I don't know who uses this, but they don't use aggressive. Okay. They use assertive. Okay. And so that that. idea that, Hey, you don't want to be reckless.
1: Uh, That's a good way. And is
0: assertive a better word than aggressive. I don't know. It could be, I don't know, but it it has that there's a certain amount of control, but we're not going to be, we're, we're not being passive. Right. be
1: assertive. Right. I like that. I like okay. that in working with language. So uh, basically not scoring and letting the opponent get easy attempt after easy attempt yep. just makes them more confident, yep. right? And um, in order to win these close games, we need to make them make difficult plays. and the yep. only way to do that is to stay assertive. I like that.. Okay. Um, some ways that hitters tend to or players tend to uh, back off the aggressiveness is not being as willing to hit the sideline. When they're swinging um not hitting with as much touch and you just mentioned this in the last segment right can you can you barely tip over the block a lot of times when kids get nervous uh players get nervous they end up their touch goes out the window right all their tips are going deep or whatever Uh, will you still be confident and aggressive when we set our worst hitter right and um oh and this is one you just mentioned too when we have the most random player on your team set for match point right? This is a skill that, you know, especially in high school, not everyone can set cleanly, right? And yep. so can we do all those things? And that's what I mean by staying aggressive, like instead of backing off our hands, uh, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to take our hands and we're going right. to be confident. Well, and that's something you practice, you got to go for, if
0: you exactly. don't practice it, you know, exactly. you better be confident that hey, you practice it, you can do it in practice and be clean.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there are
0: people I have green light setters and and red light setters
1: exactly (laughs) and that that brings me to the next point you want to stay aggressive but you also got to stay clean that means not giving um free points away basically so really lock in on acceptable versus unacceptable errors and so what are those for you
0: so for you have some
1: listed well I do and um to me really the the major takeaway is uh, errors of omission are unacceptable so not going um uh I didn't block I didn't dive those are all unacceptable yep. and errors of commission where you're trying the right stuff but still failing right those you're being okay. assertive you're being assertive right. rather
0: right? than being passive and not doing stuff exactly something. so I, hitting that, out. I like
1: that omission and commission yeah hitting hitting out you know trying to make a strong block and you get tool those are all good things um but we want to make sure we're making them earn every point so this does not mean playing safe it just means making them have to defend you and block you and hit over you and score on your defense um, to get the win. And then like you mentioned, we gotta be in this scenario all the time. So the reason why this scenario is uh, one that we're talking about is because it doesn't happen all that often, right? Like you're gonna play two games, but you're not always gonna play a third and it's not always gonna be close at the end of the third, right? So how often has your team been in that scenario Um, even though they've only been in that scenario in a match twice this year or whatever, so we always just say for the win and for every game we are competing, we say for the win and that we think has some mental impact on them. I like that, you know? So, yeah. And then after, um, so everything's a competition. Um, and so what I mean by that is when you're competing and I don't necessarily mean every single thing's a competition, but you want to have enough competition in your practice that they're not phased by competition, right? They get into game three and they're not quaking in their boots. They've competed a lot and they're comfortable with, um, with, with competition. Right. And then I got two more, um, stay alert and stay adaptable. So by the time it's the third game, they've seen you swing at a bunch of balls. They've seen who you're gonna set. So the idea is, can we just adapt a little bit from how we've been playing? Just a little bit, just a wrinkle here or there. We don't need to change much. I'm still gonna be you know, setting the pins and all these standard stuff, but can I realize what defense they're in and finally now go to the tip that I think is open? Yep. I love that stuff. Um, and what worked in game one may not work in game three and then finding narrow margins adds up so maybe you're calling out um, in this rotation they mostly set right side things like that little things that could add up to something small that is all we need a lot of times in game three if you're close in the game and then finally stay alert okay I swear this happens to the teams all the time the game will be so high level both teams are into it they battle and then like a set over drops for match point, you're like, what set over? <laughs> you know, it's like we worked this hard set over. So yeah, I mean, I think being alert and making every easy play can really help you win those game threes. Like there are, will be some amazing plays, but in in practicality, the plays are going to be doable plays, right? And so if you can make every single doable play, you're going to give your team a chance. If you can make a couple amazing plays, that'd be even better but we know we can make the easy play happen. So let's make sure we do that. And then finally the fitness, right? Are you still jumping your highest? Are you still banging? Are you still making full floor moves? I think that does, that does, uh, take it out of you to go into game three. You're, you're exhausted. You know, uh, you should be exhausted if you're playing that hard. Right. But do you still have some in the tank so to speak? So what else do you got?
0: I like it. Uh I'll throw out a couple. The first of course is is the one I always go to and that is the some of the intangibles and hey, we're going to lose some points in game 3 and and people can, you know, take those. You can somebody can make a bad error, bumping it, you know. I mean, hey, stupid errors happen. I mean, they happen and they're going to happen in game 3. Uh I'm always a big huddle guy. Yes. I'm always yes. a big sub guy. So, all of those intangibles, what does the bench look like? Can we be, can we, I think in Karch's book, we talked about, he talks about out teaming other teams. Uh, I like that. And guess. can you out team the other team in game three? So, when they look at the other side of the court, no matter how bad the error you just made, they go, hey, that team is together. I like and that. And can you intimidate teams in game three with your togetherness? I
1: love that. That's a so good one.
0: That's cool. one. And the other i think from a coaching standpoint is how am i gonna help my team i've seen this team now for two sets or two and a half sets maybe we scouted them uh we have a good idea what they're doing how can i help my team with those marginal gains you're talking about hey we know that when this kid gets in trouble she hits this shot we know that so let's remember that when we're in a timeout and we just were reminding rather than going oh that happened how could that happen No, we're reminding hey remember we're getting close to you know we're getting close to row six and in row six she's dumps. that's her dumping rotation right. because she doesn't have her best hitters like so that. remember that's coming up yes and i'm going to remind you but you guys got to remind each
1: other too so can that. that all that little stuff i love that yeah, yeah. absolutely that's great I love it it's awesome cool. stuff and I'd love to hear what the what the listeners think too because I mean little tips make a big difference like we said cool. so we're on to the video videos, videos. V-
0: I have three um I didn't we don't have any uh on the on the AOC website we don't have any that are exactly like uh you know Japanese guys training and Japanese teams but there were three I really like defensive videos Jen Oldenburg from Ohio State has one emergency moves for passing and defense uh, 28 minutes. It's long and it's it's really good, really thorough. And she gets into getting comfortable hitting the floor. And and the Japanese teams were more comfortable than we are making those floor moves. Uh, I did one with uh, a group uh, sock slide drill that yes. Kyle Mishima set me up with. Yes, okay. Uh, so it was his stuff. It was during the pandemic. I'm I'm uh, outfitted a mask there. That's one I included. The last one is a uh, Danny Busboom and uh, dig and sprawl variations. Very cool. So a bunch of uh, Japanese defensive
1: stuff. I love it. We got to get in the videos. Right That's on. it. So, we're on to the resource. And my resource, I kind of took a different route than normal. Normally, we go with sort of educational resources. Yep. This one is just all gear. It's just You're like- a gearhead. <laughs> You're <laughs> a gear guy. And so- <laughs> I do love gear. So, this one's called Epic Sports. And uh, they have everything. I mean, they have a list of just everything you can think of that you would need yeah it's epic (laughs) i mean volleyballs uh shirts undershirts like i mean uniform stuff like carts i mean recovery stuff like the list just goes on and on and on and on so i mean there's a bunch of places that do great with gear but this is sort of all in one stop shop and uh, I just thought it was just loaded with good stuff. So cool. I Epic like sports. It. Epic sports. So, what a great episode. Thank you so much, Todd. We All right, are, Davis. As usual, good to be to back life.
0: in town. Good to be talking some volleyball with you. There's nothing better.
1: Absolutely. Volley on.
0: All right. Take care.